What are you thinking about the Olympics thus far? How much are you watching? I'm watching more than I thought I would, I will admit. A uh, couple of things that I want to talk about when it comes to the Olympics. Of course, the big Simone Biles story today. We can get into that. Did you watch surfing last night? We have to talk about surfing. Um, weird. It's not a sport that should be televised live. Tell you more about that a little bit later. Right now, though, we're going to talk about the Olympics themselves and all the controversy surrounding these Olympics. Uh, as you know, there was a lot of questions about why we were even doing this, why we were going ahead with these games. Well, today, Tokyo reported its highest ever one-day COVID case count, 2,800 cases, currently under their fourth state of emergency that will continue right through the Olympics. The Prime Minister's support in that country has plunged to 30% amid allegations that he's placing the Olympics or the health of the Japanese people. Not only the Japanese people, but also the competitors. And as we know, there's a number that decided they weren't going to go. They didn't want to run that risk. And as the games have gone on every day, there's a few more who test positive and are yanked from competition because they've tested positive for COVID. So still, will these games manage to make it through or is disaster waiting around the corner? We'll have to wait and see how it goes. But um, interesting discussion as to why these games are even going ahead. So we're going to chat now with Dr. McIntosh Ross, who is an assistant professor of sociocultural kinesiology at Western University. Doctor, thank you for joining us today. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, taking a look at these games, you know, we know that they've been uh, sketchy at best, and, and there's a lot of risk involved. And, you know, you can't really blame the competitors for saying, I don't want to be part of this, right? A lot of them just didn't want to run the risk. Sure. Yeah, it it is a uh, it's a tough decision for someone to make, right? You you've trained your whole life for this opportunity. The opportunity's already been postponed for a year, and then you you look and there's a state of emergency in Tokyo, and you have to make the personal decision because our our National Olympic Committee and the IOC um, and other bodies who could step in um, aren't aren't willing to make that decision for the athletes. Um, so, yeah, we've seen a lot pull out because they're not willing to take that risk. You know, and a lot of the focus has been on the IOC hammering this through and saying, oh, no, the games will go ahead, the games will go ahead. But like you say, they're not operating alone here. Tell us more about their relationship with the World Health Organization. This kind of came as news to me. Yeah, so the, the the relationship between the IOC and the WHO goes back to about 1984. Um, it makes sense in a lot of ways if you're going to have a big global sporting competition you'd want the global health organization to be right there beside you making sure it it runs safely and all the protocols are in place but around uh, 2016 when we saw the zika virus surge in brazil there was some questions raised as to the who's ability to act completely independently of the ioc when they have this long-lasting relationship and um, luckily Everything went okay for visitors to Brazil during those games. Nobody contracted Zika virus that we know of. But now it's starting to come up again with Tokyo because this is quite a bit worse situation. So, yeah, I mean, I guess the question is, like you say, are they acting independently or are they feeling the influence from the IOC as well? And sort of, because what was their recommendation for for these games? Just try and be as safe as you can, essentially, right? Yeah, proceed with caution. Um, You know, they have a lot of, they have implemented a, a lot of um, safeguards, but, I mean, it's 85,000 people. How much can you really do yeah. to make sure that the virus doesn't spread? 
I mean, but you can't, with COVID-19, and we know the situation that it is around the world, and especially in Japan, I think they're at about 25% vaccinated, but we've yeah. also got competitors coming in from all over the world. We sit here in Canada and think, you know what, we're doing really well with vaccination, sure, but we're leading the world. Most other countries are nowhere near we are, so there's all kinds of concerns about importing cases and then sending them back. I mean, there's a huge risk involved here. Yeah, there absolutely is, um, and and there's athletes going over, from countries with high vaccination rates uh, who aren't vaccinated yeah. uh, and made the personal decision not to do it. So um, those athletes are at risk, uh, even though it's the, they made a personal decision. It wasn't a matter of the vaccine not being available, um, but but it raises the stakes that little bit higher. Um, and, I mean, there's 2,848 cases today in Tokyo. They're asking for more hospital beds, um, and meanwhile, the government seems to be primarily focused on the Olympic Games. And it's money, right? This is what it comes down to? It's basically dollars and cents. Yeah, the the IOC has the ability to cancel the Games, but um, this is where they make all their money, right, is in the broadcasting rights, the advertising deals. Um, So if they were to pull out now, it would be a financial disaster for them, and that's why they won't do it. You know, and and you make an interesting uh, point in your piece, and this is something that I think really becomes relevant today. As you know, Simone Biles, who is, uh, you know, probably the greatest gymnast of all time, um, has pulled out a competition, at least for today, in the team competition last night, saying she wasn't physically injured, she was fine, but just mentally she wasn't there. Yeah. She, she didn't feel well. And mental health has become a big part of sport. There's no question. And the WHO and the IOC talk about that a lot. But how can you counter that with holding a games in the middle of a pandemic if you're concerned about the athlete's mental health? Well, and how can, how can the WHO kind of uh, square that with the IOC at all? Yeah. Um, the things that, that go on to hold these massive mega events are just horrific for host populations especially in the 21st century like in in rio in 2016 when all the uh, all the favelas were were just bulldozed um and people were moved sometimes 40 kilometers away from their place of work and just kind of told well you're gonna have to figure it out yeah, yeah. um that that doesn't seem like an organization <laughs> that uh, is looking out for the mental health of people no, you're absolutely right. A lot of things don't make sense. And as I said, and you know, we've talked about it, it's just the overriding dollars and cents that come into this. But, um, you know, just I, I can imagine for the people that are involved. I mean, we're not, you know, the favela situation, obviously, that's horrible. But in this case, Doc, we're talking about yep. very lives that are on the line here. People could lose their lives because of these games. Yeah, absolutely. We have no idea how, how the, I think it's up to 155 people associated with the Olympics. Um, what their lives are going to be like um, now that they've contracted COVID-19. There's been very different responses, right? So, yeah, Um, and if if it continues to to grow, um, it's just that much more dangerous. Yeah, it's it's just, uh, we'll see how it goes. Are you optimistic that things will go through without a major catastrophe, or what are you anticipating over the next two weeks here? I mean, I guess it depends how you define a major catastrophe. Uh, I think it already is because the, the government of Tokyo is oh, so yeah. wrapped up in these games and the, the, the cases are surging out of control. And th- there really should be only one focus right now in Tokyo, and that's, that's the people of Tokyo. Yeah, and they seem to be the ones that are overlooked more than anybody else in all of this. And they're the ones who don't yeah. want it more than yeah. anybody else in all of this. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> uh, Doc, thanks so much for your time this morning. I really appreciate it.
No problem. Thanks for having me. You bet. That's Dr. McIntosh Ross, Assistant Professor of Sociocultural Kinesiology at Western University.